Welcome to Soul Inspired Leadership's latest podcast. And today our special guest is Alex Brookman from Brookman Executive Coaching. Alex specializes in coaching leaders to solidify the strategy and identity of their organizations through rigorous intentional processes, balancing purpose and profit. His purpose is to transform organizations to make the world a better place. He has impacted thousands of executives in organizations across the world, ranging from multinationals and startups to nonprofits. His clients' sustainability transformed their environment and achieved profound personal growth. Based in Greater Vancouver, Canada, Alex speaks passionately and energetically on the topics of, the, of strategy, team development, and organizational identity to business leaders. Alex has a book coming out in early 2022 on the nine elements of organisational identity, and we'll have training programs stemming from that. So welcome, Alex. Thank you very much for having me, Ross. Excited to be on the show. Yeah, so the the bit that always gets me and I enjoy is uh, two things particularly, um, is purpose and profit, which I often talk about, um, and strategy. So just in your, your mind, what, what exactly is strategy? And, and is there any difference between strategy of a large multinational um, to a small non-profit uh, or non-profit or to a small entrepreneurial business of two people? It's a great question, Ross. Um, honestly, there is, there is not much difference between what strategy is for those yeah. very different, different groups that you mentioned. The difference is how long it takes to design and implement it. That's the difference. For both or for all of those um, groups that you mentioned, strategy is the way to get to a vision, a goal that you have, how your business should look like in several years down the road. That is a strategy. It's like jumping into your car and putting into the GPS system um, a destination and it might take you a few hours to get there. And on the way, there are things that happen. Traffic jams, um, roads are blocked, God knows what. Yeah. And your, your uh, GPS system would help you find new ways. And that's the strategy. A strategy is the priorities, the focus areas that you manage on a daily basis in order yeah. to build the company that you envision. Yeah. And that's and, the same yeah. for big corporations and for small ones. And small ones. And actually, you made a very good point there um, because you're intimating that it's flexible based on a traffic jam and you, you look for a different way. In other words, you've got a roadblock. Um, so you look for a different way or actually it can be a roadblock or a speed bump, but it doesn't really matter. Well, one, you can get through it. Roadblocks, you've got to go around it. Um, so that's a good point. You've got to be flexible enough to... to Strategy is not a rigorous system. Yeah, Strategy it's not, it's is not a, yeah, it's it's a like moving a, target, you know. It's, it's a moving, living, yeah. breathing organism. That's right. That's the key. It's living and breathing. It's not a fixed. It's not an, a fixed uh, structural strategy that you can't deviate from. Um, well, I guess you can to keep your persistence, but you need to know when you're not to be, when you need to de- deviate, and when you need to stick to it. As I said, is it is this just a mere road? Uh, is this a major roadblock or is this a mere speed bump? And that's the skill, I guess, of understanding the strategy. It's about balancing long-term and short-term. This mm. is the dichotomy of all yeah. leaders. The yeah. issue, the let me say, the 
the daily struggle um, that, that um, small business owners, um, corporate leaders and entrepreneurs always have. Um, this um, ambidexterity is important that you understand what's happening. Is that a crisis right now? Or is that um, just a glitch? Yeah. How do yeah. I react? Um, do I focus over the next few months fully on overcoming a crisis? Or is it, um, is it like a strategic issue here? So yeah. if it's a crisis, you don't lose your strategic goal out of sight. You just focus for some time on getting the issues out of the way to then get back to your strategic yeah. plan and executing yeah. strategic plan. Yeah. If you realize that this is not a crisis, it is a strategic issue, you need to re-engineer certain elements in your strategy. Yeah. And that is something where people often struggle with because they put so much love and energy into their strategy and, and, and accepting that it might not lead to where they want it to be. Yeah, yeah. And that it needs to be tweaking here and there is often hard to understand and to accept. But good entrepreneurs, good, good leaders know that we're not in um, a 10-year socialist planning um, environment, but in a dynamic market environment where we need to understand the dynamics mm. and react to them. And sometimes if we're lucky enough, we're not only reacting, we're, we're actually defining... Um, new businesses, new environments, blue oceans, as they say. Yeah, yeah. And, that's, and that is the, the key point there is that, I mean, one of the challenges leadership, um, leadership has is, is that there, again, that decision. So I stay true to this path that I've worked on, believing this is the path to get to our destination, or as I said, and it's just a speed, speed bump and I can go through it. Or is it just, or this is a major roadblock and I have to rejig my strategy. Something that I sweat, I, I, I sweated many year, months over, now I'm going to change it. So, and that, that's the skill. And that, well, there again, it's a, it's a skill of a leader to understand that not, it's not just one pathway leads to destination. It could be a, a web of pathways to get there. And that's the skill of being a leader is determining is it a, is it a straight road or is this, this is a spider web of pathways and I'm going to find the, one, the right one eventually. And that's what I guess you do, Alex, is helping them along that journey as well. I think it's really nice what you just said. There is not just one way to your goal, to, to making your vision a reality. There mm. are often various ways and some of them you walk simultaneously. You juggle many, many different balls as an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, and especially if you work in a large organization, there are so many influences every day that you need to be aware of and that you need to take into consideration when making decisions that it's not just this one way. And sometimes you are just responsible for a tiny fraction of that way. Um, yep. If you are a business owner, you own your strategy end to end. Imagine, I mean, we work with large organizations. Imagine you are a leader in an organization that has 100,000 employees. Um, and you lead a strategic project that is, let's say, transforming um, how you deliver your services to your clients. Um, let's say you are implementing a completely new way um, of digitalizing your service offering, how you measure, um, how you connect um, devices, 
you name it, right? Mm -hmm. This is just one tiny piece. This project might belong to a strategic work stream that has hundreds of different projects in it. And this work stream might be one of three key pillars of that organization's um, new three to five year strategy. Understanding your piece and how it connects upstream and downstream is super important. And um, just giving, giving it your all and trusting um, with all, tr being cautious enough, but still trusting with all you got that those mm. left and right of you will also do their piece yeah. is absolutely key. Yeah. And that, look, that's, I mean, that's a challenge for leaders, but it's, it's a challenge for everyone in, a, in, a, in an organization. And it's a challenge for leaders to allow people to actually, and give them the confidence that that's exactly what they've got to do as well. In other words, empower them to do their little piece, but also being aware of what impact they have both upstream and downstream uh, within, in, in, from their position in the organisation. Because if everyone's doing it, then you've got a healthy and happy organisation in a way. But if, as soon as you, that, that link, there's links in the chain that don't know where they're linked to and don't really care, that's when the chain becomes quite rusty and, uh, well, just hard to use. And Ross, to be honest, this is where most strategies fail. Yeah, most strategies right. don't fail because they were bad strategies. They, they were designed um, in, a, in a flawed way or something like that. Most strategies fail because the, the communication and the connection that you just described is not happening because mm. people do not understand how their piece fits into the bigger picture. Um, often because communication is not a two-way dialogue in the organization, but just yeah. a top-down, um, blurred communication full of buzzwords, um, often infused by um, management consulting companies that help those large organizations define and implement strategy. So it's, it's really important as a leader to understand what is it that I'm responsible for? How can I enable and empower my team to deliver on those strategic initiatives that we influence and maybe drive and are responsible for? Um, how can we make sure that those who depend on the outcome that we deliver know about the progress? And in the end, it's about breaking down the strategic direction and the big picture into each and every role of each and every, every leader and individual contributor in an organization. The moment I understand that what I do on a day-to-day -day basis is not just filling numbers into an Excel spreadsheet, for example, but that filling those sheets with data and information is enabling a certain strategic um, move or is supporting yeah. Um, yeah. people on the front line, my colleagues on the front line to make better decisions. The moment I understand how what I do on a day-to-day -day basis connects to the bigger picture and to what the company wants to achieve, this unleashes incredible motivation for everyone. It does, it does, yeah. yes. It gives people, uh, well, that again, gets back to a purpose. Um, it gives them meaning for what they're doing rather than I'm just entering data. And that goes for a lot of or a lot of the parts of the organization. Sometimes people get 
They know what they've got to do through a KPI, but they don't know the meaning of it and the impact of it. And the impact might, they might, they might, may know the impact of, of the people who they give the data to, for example, but they don't realise the impact of those people not performing, what it happens further down the line, up the chain, down the chain. They're not just impacting two or three people they hand the data to, it's, it's impacting maybe a thousand people all interconnected with what those people are doing. And that's, that's that when they realise how important every facet is, then the meaning and purpose just grows within them. So I go, I understand what you're saying. That leads into the, the purpose and profit. That the strategies are designed for profit. And quite often you've got to encourage the purpose so people actually connect the dots. That's, how do you see that? I mean, purpose is something really interesting that has been talked about a lot in recent years. Mm. And right. what is purpose? In my definition, a company's purpose or an individual's purpose is addressing an issue out there in the world that you as an individual or as a company, an organization, you are uniquely positioned to solve. Yep. And... If, if I work on purpose every day, there is nothing that is more motivating. There is nothing that fires me more up, that, that helps me get out of bed. Purpose is what drives you out of bed in the morning. Um, let's hope there's not different things or different, yeah. different people that drive you out of bed. We're talking best case scenario here. So let's, let's assume, um, and, and you mentioned my purpose in, in the introduction, my personal mm. purpose is something that, it, it took me quite some time to actually yeah. figure that out. It's nothing that just falls out of the sky and you know it when you wake up. Yeah. This is often something you, you need to put some work in um, and especially organizations. I've, I've read so many purpose statements in my life. Unfortunately, many of them are just... Um, I, I agree with you. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> so let, let's not talk about those. Let's yeah. talk about those who really master the skill right. of um, unifying their people in an organization um, around purpose. So th there are many great companies out there. An example would be Patagonia, the apparel um, producer, mm. apparel company. Um, not only do they talk about it frequently and uh, internally and externally, they also put their money where their mouth is. They have funded um, so many projects in the environmental protection area. Mm. Um, 1% of all revenues each year goes to environmental protection causes. Yeah, yeah. They are really outstanding when it comes to living their purpose. And we can also translate this to, to smaller companies and to entrepreneurs. Um, very often when you, when you found a company, you do it because you see something or you don't see something in the market that you would like to see. So there is a need apparently, um, clients demanding something that is not there. So there is a unique need that you address. And if you can link this unique client need to a higher purpose, and ideally this is something grand and idealistic yeah, yeah. Um, because it's, it's, it's not what you buy with money. It's why you invest your time into what you do. If you if you if you make this happen, then um, I I have seen it, and I strongly believe that then profit will just follow. If you do something mm -hmm. that the market needs, and if you do something 
that addresses an issue out there that you are uniquely positioned to solve, then you will be successful no matter what. Yeah, I agree with that. And yep. in an ideal world, you manage to balance those two things. Um, and, and let's say you are a for-profit company, but still you want to do good while doing well. So there are ways to balance purpose and profit, to do the right thing while also being um, successful as a business. And those two things, they, they're not, they don't contradict each other. Mm -hmm. They can exist out there. And there are many great examples um, where organizations and smaller companies make an impact and make money at the same time. That's right. And if you get on there, then I was just thinking some of the some of my clients, uh, uh, um, as well as what I've read, there's a lot of uh, organizations now that where once they used to be in business to the shareholder, they're, they're not now. They're in business to add value to the community whatever that whatever that takes shape and if they're doing that profit follows because the community recognizes it the market recognizes it the staff have more connection because they see where the value is the meaning they have if they know the meaning and what they do specifically on a day-to-day -day basis and how that adds to that purpose i think that's that's where you're getting the, the company then humming along irrespective of what size it is and this is the switch from what you just described ross is the switch from um, a purely 80s shareholder capitalism yeah, yeah, view. That's right. Um, it's fired nice. by um, Nobel Prize winners mm. um, back then and towards a um, stakeholder capitalism or stakeholder yeah. orientation. Yeah. Um, and when you take a look at the capital market, you would, you would often people would say, this is probably the most capitalist and shareholder value-driven piece of the economy mm. um yes and this is especially in europe this is the place where people more and more talk about your environmental responsibility as a company your social responsibility as a company and how you govern your company um, the famous esg environmental social governance yeah. those esg practices have seen a dramatic rise of uh, in importance over the past months and years and and to be honest if anyone listens to us um, that does not know what they want to do with their life if you start your career right now in the area of esg you will probably never run out of business there are yeah. far yeah. less people and there's far less talent out there um, than what the market demands mm. just alone the 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 s p 500 the need of people that understand ESG, that are experts in ESG, is so high that there is not talent on the market, not enough talent on the market. Mm -hmm. So um, having said that, the capital markets are the ones that are currently demanding more focus on those elements, yeah, environmental right. and social yeah. responsibility. Mm -hmm. Why is that the case? Because they have understood that companies that are out there um, destroying the environment, destroying habitat, um, pouring sludge into the ocean, or just um, using more natural resources or exploiting their workers. Um, this is just not sustainable. The no, markets no. will turn against them. And if you're an investor, this is something that you want to avoid. So where we see 
that in Europe, for example, mm. ESG has become more than just a reporting on, let's say, ESG-related data. Um, in the US, they, they lag behind a bit what, what this is concerned. Their ESG is often about risk reduction, still about reporting, about data, about numbers. Whereas in Europe, ESG has become more and more um, a synonym for sustainable business practices. So it has yeah. more impact on the day-to-day -day management and leadership yeah, of an organization yeah. already. And it's super exciting for someone like me to see that, just to see that finally organizations are moving into this direction. Why is that important to us and, and to me? Mm -hmm. We only have this one planet. We only have so many hours and days and years on this planet. Yeah, yeah. And if, if we're not taking care on a day-to-day -day basis, how we consume, how we interact with each other, what is the legacy that we leave behind? That's right. Myself. Yeah, that's right. Especially as an organization. <laughs> and if you take a look, the funny, the funny thing is, I, mean, I don't know whether it's actually funny, it's, it's kind of scary also. If you take a look at the, at the revenue of the largest organizations yeah, in the yeah. world and the buying power that they have, the market power that they have, mm. they are larger than many, many countries. Oh, yeah, certainly, so, certainly, yeah. And, and, and if there are organizations like Apple, the most valuable organization in the world, um, companies like GE that have hundreds of thousands of employees, they represent the planet, the, the people on the planet as a whole. They are representative for them in a certain way. So it's really great to see that workers, leaders, managers, more and more step up and demand from their employers to move in that direction to yeah. balance profit and purpose. Yeah, and that's and that's and in essence, as you said, and it is happening because I see it out there. Is is that that's the attitude in senior executives now is changing towards that because the capital markets are demanding it, the investors are demanding it. So if that's happening, they will move. They will not. They will not stay stagnant. And the ones that are. Uh, that'll be reflected in their share price at some point very quickly. It'll gradually slide and their business will slide. So, so yes, it's, it's happening. It happens slowly because it's, it, it's a change in mindset, but it's happening. And that's the key. That's the key. So just on, we've got about a minute to go. Um, just any things you want to add on, the, on your uh, upcoming book? Oh, yeah. Um, well, it's... it's a few months until it's being released, but yeah. I can already give you a, a, a peek into it. Um, in my new book, I will describe, um, first of all, a framework that I call the nine elements of organizational identity, which bring those topics that we discussed today into relation to each other. Um, what is purpose? What is a vision? Um, what is a strategy? How are all these things connected? And how can I, as a leader, use this framework to uh, and apply it to my day-to-day -day business. Yeah. And it's not only a framework that I described, frameworks are nice, right? But they don't help. So mm. I, actually, I actually took the framework and broke it down into a step-by-step -step process mm. that is described in detail in the book um, on how you can actually create um, new energy, new motivation in your organization by running those intentional strategy processes that do not only touch the profit, side of the business but especially the purpose side of the business mm -hmm. linking corporate values to individual values 
to purpose, to vision, to strategy, understanding what your organization needs to learn in order to yep. successfully execute on your strategy, those things. And, I'm, sure, um, I'm sure that, like I, I, you said, two key words. How do I get new energy and new motivation? How do I, because they, they're the key words that all CEOs and owners of businesses, they want, they, they want that to happen. That's where they struggle. So look, on, the, on that note, Alex, thank you for being a guest on our show tonight. And, um, and for everyone who's listening, thanks once again for listening to Soul and so I can't even say my own company's name, Soul Inspired Leadership's podcast, Leadership Podcast. Thank you very much, Ross. Mm-hmm.